it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going. Devin Smith got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, Rocker for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Happy Thursday to all you fine Buckeye fans. Hope you're doing well. Timmy Hall here with you. Got our man Bodie back there running the show. You know, I just, I feel so great. It's been a fantastic couple of weeks. The Buckeyes are still winning. It's not the most perfect Buckeye team we've ever seen being a perfect 8-0. And we continue to hope for improvement as they've got a few games left before you know who. And you know what? You know, another another congratulations to those guys up north. To the Michigan blood-sucking Wolverines who just continue to cheat. And it's it's so funny that... They're in the midst of one of their best seasons that they've ever had, but yet they have everybody looking at them, and it's all cheating and sign-stealing nonsense that's been ongoing this season. That's what's great about it, is that it's not just things that happened in 2021 or 2022. You have got a lot of evidence of things happening in 2023, right here, right now. So they've got this great season, but can they really even enjoy it? I mean, I guess, I guess I feel bad for some of the players, but you know what? I don't really. I don't really because they've gotten two wins over Ohio State. They've gotten to have their cake and eat it too. They've had their chances to go onto the college football playoff, didn't do anything with it. And that might wind up being their last chances. And, and I know, like, I, I want to be careful how I speak because that game still has to be played. And some of the biggest thoughts that I have about this whole sign-stealing scandal and what's going on in the Big Ten right now, and this is, again, really interesting. If you're not up to speed on this over the last 24 hours, Bodie, have you seen any updates from today about what this athletic director's meeting held? Because the coach's call is what I also want to tell people about if they missed out on that, how it was 90 minutes and Jim Harbaugh was in on the first, you know, just your random hodgepodge of happenings in the Big Ten. You maybe argue about a couple of calls that were made. I'm sure the week before it was, you know, Kirk Ferentz saying, what the hell did you do when our guy did not say fair catch and then return a putt? That kind of thing. What's going on? But it was 30 minutes and then he left so everybody could talk about him. You know, it's like the... The guy in the college football playoff selection committee has to recuse himself and leave the room. Oh, you're going to talk about Michigan's resume right now. I'm Ward Manuel. I'm the athletic director. I'll just go out there and grab a coffee, maybe a shrimp cocktail, whatever. Come back. They went on for an hour about this, and they all stressed how frustrated they are with Michigan and how Tony, Tony Petiti, the commission, needs to get something done now. And then the report earlier was today was supposed to be the ADs on the phone or a conference call with Tony Petiti to hash some more things out. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is just like, you know, as this new, it's weird to say as it keeps breaking, but we keep hearing more and more about the story as the days go on. It seems like every day there's something new. As we go through it, it kind of, like, there's a party that can't help but feel like, hey, is the NCAA really going to do anything with this? Is Michigan actually really going to suffer any punishment? But I think the biggest thing that kind of, if you want to play devil's advocate to that thought, is that these Big Ten coaches seem... Not very happy with this thing, and they really seem like they want to see Michigan, 
you know, suffer some sort of punishment for what they and, did. And that's, and we know Bodie, they can't do anything this year. The NCAA, that is. We've learned that, that uh, they take, and we, we've known that too. Yeah. They don't, are, don't get around to it in about 2030. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, right. Like when you're going to play that Georgia series, like yeah. that's, that's the type then of we'll, thing. Then we'll find out. Yeah. It, when we're to a, we're living on a different planet, we might play our first game uh, on the moon in a dome or something. We might, uh, we might all be living there at that point in time. Who the heck knows? But the NCAA, the report was that it could be into 2024 before they're even done with an investigation. So then something that they decide wouldn't, wouldn't go into effect until 2025. And we know it's a two-pronged thing. It's Connor Stallions and it's the sign-stealing scandal. And then it's also that other side before the season even started where Jim Harbaugh for some of the minor recruiting violations that turned out to be heavier because he just wasn't truthful. He just could have done the easy thing. And it wasn't just buying cheeseburgers or hamburgers. It was a little heavier than that. But if you're just honest and open about it, maybe it becomes one of those back page items where the Columbus Dispatch here in town will write about the six or seven infractions that Ohio State football incurred, but they told on themselves about it. And then you really just snicker and have a good laugh because there's not really any kind of penalty for it. It's the the lightest kind of penalty you can receive. So there's that in addition to this. And on top of what the Big Ten coaches were all upset about today, it's it's not hard to understand, too. I, I, I laugh and I snicker at all the Michigan fans. Like, oh, well, I bet Ryan Day was one of the angriest guys on that call. Probably. Gee, do you think so? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I, I wonder. I'd be pissed off about that, too. If my job, my ass is on the line every time that I have to play this team, it's pretty stressful. I mean, I'm 54 and 6 and people hate me. You know, that's that's the type of thing that you're talking about. So, yeah, I'd be upset. But it's not just him it's everybody else and the athletic, the guys at the athletic put out this poll. All right. So they've got a poll out to 50 different college football head coaches. Amazing. They got that many to participate in this right now. 50 FBS coaches. All right. Division one guys. And they gave it on a scale of one to five. One meaning not at all serious. Don't care at all. Five being very serious like the and they're still nice enough to call them allegations right you gotta be proper allegations against michigan 23 of the coaches selected five 16 of them selected four so almost half 46 percent rated it a five the average score of the 50 coaches was a 4.2 meaning they're pissed off about this this is quite serious to the and again, it's not just about the stealing of the signs, but it's just how blatant they've been to break the rules to steal those signs. And I don't want to play this because speaking of Big Ten coaches, I'm sure Matt Rule, head coach at Nebraska, boy, not every day we can turn and talk about Matt Rule. By the way, the comment he had that we used to joke about, well, this is what you get when you hired me. We were going into that Nebraska-Colorado game. Hey, Matt, you were right. <laughs> Just stick to the process, right? You won more games at Nebraska this year than Scott Frosty boy could have ever dreamed of. But here was Matt Rule. He had a little take a couple weeks ago on the alleged sign-stealing in college football. I thought this was good. There's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. 
science. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their science. I would not carry that over to going and filming someone else's practices or something like that or filming someone else's games. That's completely something different. And I'm not saying that that happened, but I think what's wrong part, partly in our society right now sometimes is we say someone, someone does something against the rules, and sports need rules, right? Sports need rules to keep competitive balance. And when someone does something against the rules, we say, well, should that really even be a rule? And it is the rule. That's, that's the rule. We don't get five downs. If there's a rule, the rule should be followed. And I'm not speaking about what's happening right now because I don't know what happened. But um, if that is happening somewhere, it's completely, completely wrong. Now, look, I know when you, you cover a team, you almost get to know a head coach, even if you don't personally know him. But if you would do this show like I do this show and we listen to Ryan Day so much, even though the two of us don't have a, a personal relationship, like maybe a Paul Keels or Jim Lachey who see him for the coach's show, but you get to know that guy. So I don't know Matt Rule very well in that regard. Know a little bit about his history and how he you know, brought Baylor back, went to the NFL, didn't work out so well. But hearing stuff like that, I, I wholeheartedly agree on his take right there. It doesn't matter. And I, I've said this before this week. I don't understand that if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, guy. They're out there. I understand you exist. You live. We're just on different wavelengths. So I guess you can think that way if that's how you want to be. I am choosing to go a different path. For example, flop, you know me, Bodie. I hate flopping. I think what flopping has become in the game of basketball is a freaking joke. I think people that really played the game, Bobby Knight, Bobby Knight, rest in peace. How do you think that man would feel about flopping? Play the he game. Be turning over in his grave. Turning over in his grave. So back to right side up because he wants to be buried <laughs> face down, right? But. Just play the game, all right? Play the game like it's supposed to be played. Don't don't cheat James Naismith, who wrote the rules for the game that I love. Don't do that to the game that I love and disrespect it that way. And it gets to a certain point. But, you know, just rules are there for, for a purpose. And if you don't want to abide by them, you could tell yourself whatever you want. You can go to bed, say whatever you want to say. But sooner or later, you get caught you're going to have to suffer some consequences. And like it or not, this is where Michigan's at. And I, I would I would like to think that they went on with this escapade for the amount of years because they didn't ultimately think it was that big of a deal. That everybody's stealing signs. But it's shocking to, to live in a world where Spygate happened. And we've already had this. We've already had these debates over... You got to play the game. You win with dominant athletes. Would the Patriots not have been the Patriots... With Tom Brady, and I think we're starting to see it's more a little bit Tom Brady than just Bill Belichick all these years. You win with great players in addition to great coaching, but you got to have the talent. But do you take away everything just because some of that? But it made us stop and think. Maybe there's something to that. It's impossible to know if there could have been some small differences in there where maybe you don't get past a, an AFC championship opponent. There's small details in there if you're doing things like this and the other team is not. That's why they call it looking for a competitive advantage. So there's a lot going on. We're not anywhere near the end of the road, but I find myself thinking again and again and again, we still need that game. We need to play that game at the end of November, and you need to win it. And it will be as pressure-packed as anything that Ryan Day has experienced, but there is a need for that game. 
By the way, we here at the Buckeye Show were sponsored by CareSource, our friends there, and also by Schottenstein Roofing. Get the best and still pay less. You'll like this. The rest of the college football world got a warning last night about what else could be coming down the pike for the Buckeyes. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The fan, Ohio sports destination. The best sports talk in the Big Ten lives right here. Now back to the Buckeye Show on the fan. Good to be with you guys here tonight. Hope it's been a good week so far. Buckeyes and Rutgers. They got the S. Beam and I, yep, we used to do the thing. Stole the S from Rutgers. Bowl eligibility gets them to their full-fledged selves. So you got to respect that. I mean, they have an offense that can make your eyes bleed out of your skull at times. A lot of Big Ten teams will do that. Right, too. right, Bodie. I mean, outside of Ohio State, Michigan, and that might be it, actually. Look, we've had an offense that can make your eyes bleed at times. But Rutgers, really bad. I mean, the Buckeyes are at least a top 40 offense. That sounds shocking to say. Like, how is it not a top 10 offense all the time? Like, honestly, you go through the Urban Meyer and Ryan Day eras, I'm sure none of them were ranked outside the top 10. Like when you, t- you took a mile marker read at the end of the regular season, wouldn't have been that way. But uh, whims it for Rutgers, their quarterbacks, a guy that can run it a little bit. He's a threat to run it. He's had some 130-yard rushing, three touchdown games, but he can have some games where he doesn't throw for 40 yards. So yeah. that's the deal, but they're they're a better team. I mean, it's the proof is right there. They're a better team. They were competitive with Michigan. They had that series where... They were down 14. They were driving. So, you know, math, do the score. You, you, you score, possibly you're down seven, one possession game. They fumbled it. It got returned for a touchdown. So right there, instead of a seven point game, possibly it's a 21 point game. And then Michigan was off to the races. I think the spread in that one was 24. And I think Michigan beat them by 24. And of course, Greg Schiano kind of let the world know there's some stuff going on out here. There's some stuff going on out here that isn't right. <laughs> so that's he was warning the people. That's what we learned. And before I get to this Marvin Harrison Jr. stuff that I love and like Ryan Day said, in his post-game interview. I believe this was right after the Wisconsin win because it was the night game, and the reporter kind of asked, sideline reporter, you ever get tired of you know talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. all the time? He does this and that, and he said, no, no, not at all. I love talking about that guy. But I want to let you guys know some of the things that will have coming up tomorrow. So I found out the Holt man, it's going to be me and Joey Lane. So we, we'll be able to talk some basketball and preview the start to the season next week where the Buckeyes will have two games, the men's basketball team, two games next week and a big one next Friday. Don't sleep on your chance to go see Texas A&M, a top 15 team, a big chance for a resume boosting win in week one for the Buckeyes. You're going to have to pay for Peacock to watch it, so might as well just get tickets just go. for the game. Yeah, just go, pack the shot, it needs to be good. So the Holt man, he'll be with us here tomorrow at 619. You don't want to miss that. Good chance to hear his thoughts on the secret scrimmage, that Dayton game, also Bobby Knight's passing, a uh, a real live college basketball head coach in this conference where Bobby Knight was so famous. And I know Chris Holtman being a Kentucky guy and having ties to Indiana where he played at a small college, he will have some thoughts about that. And we'll also hit you with our our favorite way to get ready for a, a big time Big Ten football game. 
the final walkthrough, normal time at 6.05 tomorrow, almost right off the top of the show. So this was this was funny. This this was funny last night. I'll, I'll start with Marvin Harrison Jr., where he's talking about his other wide receiver, Emeka Igbuka, who has looked like he's been ready to play. And they said again today on Ryan Day's radio show that he could be ready to go. We just don't know. Like They held him out, even though we've seen him on the sidelines warming up. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing so much for this team and has had to do it shorthanded here lately. I just think back to all of last year. We didn't have Jackson the whole year, and you know, we, think we were one of the best teams in the country then, so it does suck, but, you know, next man up mentality. Carnell stepped in. Uh, his play was tremendous. Julian, uh, Xavier, uh, it's his next man up mentality. Yeah, that's the, way, that's the way that you go about it. That's the way that guy does his business. There's never going to be any complaining. I almost think that Marvin Harrison Jr. wants to be challenged that way. He just keeps showing to the NFL scouts that he's one of the best wide receiver prospects ever. That's what we're watching. Sorry to sound like the kid from the sandlot right there, but you get excited. Now, this is what this is what he let the rest of the college football world know. Didn't even realize this, you know? And, and, and good on Marvin for speaking up and good on for some of the guys that are on this Ohio State beat that know that. They're that deep into knowing the players that play here and their family backgrounds. Marvin Harrison Jr., not surprising. He's got a younger brother, and Marvin Harrison Jr. tells us all that he is really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, he's definitely more talented than I ever was at that age. And, um, you know, he's starting early with the routes and everything from my dad. So I'm um, super excited to see you know, know how he comes along. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very scary uh, to see how you know, he progresses. How old is he? 14. So yeah, he's going in eighth grade. Jet Harrison. Jet Harrison. We tried to boost that up there. Just asked how old he was. And after that, I don't. I had to clip it there. He said, where do you think he wants to go? So I get, don't want to bury the lead there. Jet also, it's early, but still, brother's making his hay here at Ohio State. Ohio State football is still going to be awesome to go to no matter what year you wake up. You take the DeLorean all the way to 2055. I'm sure it's still going to be a cool thing to play college football at Ohio State, if we're even doing, you know, professional football at Ohio State <laughs> yeah. in those years. Yeah, full-on professional football at Ohio State. But Jet Harrison, 14, he is already ahead of where Marvin was at that age. Could you even imagine? Imagine everything that Marvin Harrison Jr. is, the worker, the person, the player, and then somebody else who's related to him is maybe even building on all of those attributes? It's hard to even compute if that guy really does exist. So that's awesome. Didn't get a lot of time to talk about the schedule. So we'll also hit on that tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll do that in tomorrow's show. The 2024 schedules are everywhere. Ohio State doesn't have a big non-conference schedule. They will play Michigan at home, of course, last game of the season. And at Oregon and Michigan's schedule. Wow. I mean, I think they get USC, Oregon, Texas, Washington and Ohio State. It's incredible. Uh, don't forget to check out the podcast anywhere you get your audio. If you missed anything tonight, it'll be right there. Just download it now. And we got jackets time. Jackets are up next on the fan. The Buckeye Show is sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing and Care Source. Proud to be your home for Ohio State athletics. The fan, Ohio sports destination.